morning, Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop here on another wild, whimsical Wednesday. Hey, wait a second. That was yesterday. Today is, today is a thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday. <laughs> Got that one twisted up a little bit then. Friends, today is Torch Report 290, 290. Time to take off the gloves here. I'm just kind of tired of holding back on some of the things that are out there. And so I hope you enjoy this absolutely punishing analysis of the mainstream narrative. But before I get to bludgeoning the boneheads, I just want to start out with some good news. It's huge. You know, Biden's economy is booming. And even Fox News says so. It's so exciting. It's just incredible what's happening right now. And Donald Trump, Donald Trump is back on Facebook and on Instagram just in time to to launch his campaign. It's so incredible and so exciting. And then the most exciting good news of all is that Pfizer, that great pharmaceutical company in the sky, the great benevolent uh, big pharma company is mulling how to create new variants so that they can make even better vaccines. Yes, friends, the benevolent big pharma is going to create new variants so they can make better vaccines. It's all good news. It's very exciting. You know, the joy of it. Can you even imagine? I'm sure that everything is right with the world. <laughs> of course, you know, I'm being sarcastic at any rate, friends. Meanwhile, AT&T's direct to TV service is ramping up its censorship of conservative commentary by canceling Newsmax. Meanwhile, they're also funding over 20 other liberal channels, but that doesn't matter. You know, over in Vermont, the Supreme Court has upended the rule of law to allow illegal voters, a.k.a. non-citizens, to vote. And the Biden administration has declared that obesity cannot be treated with exercise and diet because the science and in other news, the intelligent people of the world are still struggling to understand why there has been a 30% spike in sudden deaths among young, healthy people since the start of Uncle Sam's coercive vaccination campaign. You know, it's really something. I put the word intelligent there into quotations because this is coming from a uh, a, a self-described intelligent conservative news commentary. I'm a I'm a I'm an intelligent person. I've been waiting for somebody more intelligent than me to to you know go out there and try to make sense of all these you know healthy people dying. I don't know, you know, but anyway, he had a hard time finding somebody more smart than him. <laughs> He's more smart and. At any rate, evidently, he did find somebody that was more intelligent than him. I mean, as hard as that was, he found somebody, but even that more intelligent person is still struggling to understand why there's been a 30% spike in sudden deaths among young, healthy people. Uh, Yeah. No further comment necessary. Friends, in other news, the majority of Americans feel like Kevin McCarthy has made, that's Kevin the schmuck McCarthy, if, you've, if you're just tuning in, has made Republicans even less popular. How is that even possible? I don't know. Meanwhile, policy wonks in Washington, D.C. are floating the absolutely idiotic idea of minting, get this, a trillion dollar coin. You see, if they just fabricate a trillion dollar coin, then they can defeat the the, the debt ceiling. I mean, they don't have to worry about debt or inflation or anything. They're just going to create a trillion dollar coin. And if they need more trillion dollar coins, they'll just make more trillion dollar coins, according to some very sound um, 
economic analysis by PhDs. <laughs> This is the best way to solve all the world's problems, friends. Uh, and if you hadn't heard, the Pentagon is planning to boost its production of artillery rounds by an astounding 500%. Yes, friends, the Pentagon will boost production of artillery by a, an astounding 500% so that they can keep shipping billions of dollars of ammunition over to Ukraine for the sake of of solidarity, of course. Unless there be any doubt about that, you know, we stand in absolute solidarity with Vladimir Zelensky, the great comic of Ukraine, and he is now pining for some fresh F-16s to help complement his new armada of NATO tanks. That's over 100 tanks from the U.S., Germany, and other allies that he can use against the great evil Russian tyrants, despite the fact that Russia is blasting the hell out of Ukrainian troops in retaliation, and it's pushing the whole world closer to the brink of nuclear war. Don't forget the doomsday clock. Dun, dun, da! We're now at 90 seconds before midnight. The struck the clock strikes. Boom. Uh, maybe when uh, when the, when Zelensky gets his F-16s, it's going to inch ever closer, friends. How do you think all of this is going to end? Do you think it's going to lead to nuclear war, Armageddon, or do you think perhaps it's just going to lead to more Ukrainian officials securing their ritzy digs and luxury cars, posting it on social media for the world to see and receiving the praise of the American people? I don't know. <laughs> Friends, what's really going on in Ukraine anyway? What is going on over there? What is going on over there? You know, I have deliberately ignored Ukraine. Because the day in and day out, relentless propaganda and mainstream narrative make me want to puke. You know, the truth is what's happening in Ukraine is the same thing that's happening everywhere else in the world. It's rampant political corruption and a globalist coup. All right. That's it in a nutshell. You know, of course. That said, you know, there is more blood staining the soil in Eastern Europe than there there is in other places in the world right now. But according to George Soros, you know George Soros, Big George, you know, Open Society Foundation, the great altruistic uh, philanthropist that helps to fund all the progressive uh, advancements going on around the world right now. Shall we say it that way? So according to George Soros, the blood staining the soil in Eastern Europe, that's been the plan for a long time. I mean, he's been he's he's had this all figured out for decades. And friends, I'm asking you not to take my word for that. I'm not making this up. You can take his own words to heart. Pulling here from a 1993 essay written by George Soros, posted at his website, it is titled Toward a New World Order, the Future of NATO. Again, written by George Soros, 1993, and I quote from the, the Toward a New World Order, the Future of NATO essay, quote, it is the characteristic of revolutions that people do not fully understand what is going on. That is why events spin out of control and the prevailing order breaks down. Pause. Yeah, you know what, George? You're a pretty smart guy. That sounds right. It's the characteristic of revolutions that people don't know what's really going on. So things get out of control. It's chaos abounds. All right, things break down. Got it. Okay, continuing on. George says, therefore, we must always be, uh, I'm sorry, therefore, there must always be 
a discrepancy between the participants' thinking and the actual state of affairs. And that discrepancy provides the key to understanding the course of history, period. Now, what he's saying there is this discrepancy between participants' thinking. He's talking about the people that are actually out there fighting on the front lines. It's a really long essay, so I'm just pulling a couple of paragraphs out here to help present. But he's saying, you know, what the people are out there doing and they're fighting in in Vietnam or, or in some great world war or over there in Eastern Europe, fighting the evil Russian tyrants, there's a discrepancy between what the people are out there doing or thinking, of course, what the people at home are are being told, and the actual state of affairs. And that that discrepancy between those different perspectives provides the key to understanding the course of history. See, George Soros, you know, he's not stupid. He's a pretty smart guy. Uh, May he burn in hell. (laughs) Oh, that's terrible. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. Now, Continuing on from the essay, quote, there is a discrepancy between the needs of the world for a new world order and the national self-interest of the United States. Now, I'll say it again. The words of George Soros in Toward a New World Order, the Future of NATO, he says there is a discrepancy between the needs of the for needs of the world. He's saying that the world needs a new world order. But there's a discrepancy between that new world order and the national self-interest of the United States. No surprise there. Hmm. You know, he goes on to say the United States will not be called upon to act as the policeman of the world in this new world order. When it acts, when the United States acts, it will act in conjunction with others. Incidentally, the combination of manpower from Eastern Europe with the technical capabilities of NATO would greatly enhance the military potential of the partnership because it would reduce the risk of body bags for NATO countries, which is the main constraint on their willingness to act. Period. End quote. Savor the flavor of those words, friends. Uh, I just, let's just come at it real bluntly. You know, incidentally, In 1993, George Soros cast this vision of using manpower from Eastern Europe, his words, not mine, combined with the military might of NATO to, quote, reduce the risk of body bags for NATO and their Western allies. To put it a little more bluntly, Soros was explaining in 1993 that the global elite should use Ukrainians like cannon fodder to attack and destabilize Russia so they could then capture Ukraine's ample natural resources during the process of reconstruction. Does that make sense? You know, are you following me here? Let me ask you, you know, maybe it sounds crazy, but did I just make that up? No, I didn't make that up. You know, is the idea that the global elites have been planning to use Ukrainians like cannon fodder for the last 30 years just a wild conspiracy? No, friends, it's not. (laughs) Well, at least, you know, I provided the links for the information there so you can decide that for yourself. I'm not going to tell you what to think. It is the truth you can trust, not because I ask you to take my word for it, but because I do an insane amount of research to provide you with the resources to develop your own informed perspective. But friends, I have to tell you, there is more to the story. There's always more to the story, which makes life kind of exciting and kind of fun because I am an exceptionally curious peasant. I always want to know what's the rest of the story. And it seems like actually this is probably a good time uh, 
to say welcome, welcome, welcome to all the new subscribers, uh, all the new members in the listening audience. I want to remind those of you who are new here to the Torch Report that what's happening between the Ukraine and Russia is absolutely not the narrative that Americans are being fed and have been being fed for a, a year now, almost a year. And there's a lot of history between Ukraine and Russia. And maybe you know all this or maybe you don't. Uh, there's been lots of international treaties that have been conveniently ignored for the sake of U.S. special interests. There's been so much uh, rampant corruption, political corruption in the Ukraine, back and forth with, with U.S. dignitaries and such. Uh, and all of this I meticulously outlined uh, for the Patriot Club in the Ukraine special report that I released uh, February of last year, so almost a year ago. And so if you're still trying to make sense of all the madness of what's going on in Ukraine, Russia, uh, the Ukraine special report is a great place to start. So uh, in other reports, I've also detailed the links between the Bidens and Burisma, the largest oil company in uh in Ukraine, as well as the connections between the notoriously corrupt Ukrainian government and the now disbanded U.S. Disinformation Board, which, you know, by disbanded, you should read that as clandestine. It's gone underground. They're still doing it, okay? But they they, they openly disbanded it because they got a lot of pushback. At any rate, uh, all of this, of course, was being shared way back when most of my audience was just family and friends in the local community. So I didn't have as many people listening and getting this information. But this information, though what happened, I, you know, this research was done over a year ago. The the reports are more relevant now than ever before when it comes to understanding the overarching insanity of the situation. So if someone you know has grown wise to the fact that the narrative just doesn't add up, please share them with you, friends. It's it's friends sharing with friends that really has helped this audience grow. I'm so grateful for your continued sharing, encouragement, and support. Friends, if you ever have uh, feedback or something you got to say to me, shoot me an email, luke at thetorchreport.com. Now, moving on about those other lesser-known details. You know, lesser-known details such as the U.S. military has over 40 bio-research labs in the Ukraine. <laughs> you know, get that. Can Did you know that? And a while back, I had run across a story about all these bio-labs over in Ukraine. And, you know, that it was being floated that maybe these biolabs over there are, have something to do with why all the U.S. officials are so quick and so bold in their defense of Ukraine. And, I mean, surely this whole of government, whole of society response and support of Ukraine wasn't just an effort to keep a stain off the, uh, the, the impeccable Biden family name, right? I'm sure it wasn't that. And so I did a little research. And I found this article that was talking about 44 bio-research laboratories in – it was kind of a fringe. I think it was on a Reddit or something like that. I was like, 44 bio-research laboratories. Well, if that's the case, then there, there should be something out there. So I started looking. I started drilling down. And when I typed in the search for you know 44 bio-military research labs and all that – I was thrilled. I was thrilled, friends. All of a sudden, the first thing that popped up right up there at the top of the list was all these fact checkers telling me that it was a lie. <laughs> that's not really fact check. There's not really uh, bio labs in Ukraine. That's disinformation. Uh huh. You know, that always makes me feel safe. 
You know, when I see the first thing that pops up as fact checkers, I know I am not getting misinformation. I feel so much more secure in my own personal perspective. Thank you, fact checkers. But down at the bottom there, I did put a little screen clip in. Today, friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, please know that you don't get all the goodies unless you go to thetorchreport.com. It's there. It's for free. You go check out thetorchreport.com and you can take a look at this screenshot. And you notice down at the bottom, there's a usembassy.gov website that talks about biological threat reduction programs uh, via the U.S. Embassy in Ukraine. And I thought, hmm, you know, maybe that's something worth looking into, the biological threat reduction program in the Ukraine. What's that all about? And uh, just a little more skimming of the headlines there. Uh, I put, you know, AmericanMilitaryNews.com. They've got Pentagon funding biolabs in Ukraine and on and on. The truth about those U.S.-funded biolabs logical laboratories in Ukraine, the untold secrets of America's biolabs in Ukraine. Uh, after months of denial, the U.S. admits to running biolabs in Ukraine. And then this one on the bottom there says, U.S. has 336 biolabs in 30 countries, including 26 in Ukraine. All right. All right. Oh, my. You know, lions and tigers and bears. Oh, my. You know, biolabs in Ukraine. No wonder the fact checkers had been so busy because apparently there's more to the story that they don't want people to see. Because if people don't see it, if they don't get the information, they don't get the news, then there's no way for them to think about it and develop an, an opinion contrary to what the government wants people to think. See how that works. Now, uh, some of those articles there are probably crap because there's just a lot of crap articles out there. And there is misinformation and disinformation and fake news out there. It's everywhere. Okay, But obviously there is something there. And to spare you the suspense, friends, you know, here is, here in the torch report today, I put the DODs, the Department of Defense's own fact sheet on the 46 bio labs that they have been building in the Ukraine since 2005. Do you remember 2005? Remember back when you first started hearing about them building bio labs in Ukraine? Oh, that's right. <laughs> Nobody knew about that, but the Defense Department's Cooperative Threat Reduction Program, Biological Threat Reduction Program, uh, has been running activities in Ukraine since 2005. And from that report, that fact sheet, we learn the following. That the United States, through the BTRP, has invested approximately $200 million in Ukraine since 2005, supporting 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites. It goes on and tells all about how they work with the WHO, the CDC, uh, and on and on. But so, so what do we have? You know, Do we have a conspiracy or do we have a well-concealed and inconvenient truth? Let me tell you what we don't have here, friends. We don't have 46 bio labs in Ukraine, okay? Just to be clear, the fact checkers flourish on sex technicalities. There's not 46 bio labs in Ukraine. That's a wild conspiracy. Instead, what we have is $200 million in taxpayer money supporting 40, quote, 46 Ukrainian laboratories, health facilities, and diagnostic sites, some of which were bio labs by the government's own admission. They don't actually distinguish how many were biolabs versus health facilities versus diagnostic sites and all of that. But it's, it is kind of interesting, is it not? If we were to connect the dots, it's interesting that they do have the labs, the health facilities, and the diagnostic sites, perhaps just in case something goes wrong. But gosh, 
gosh, you know, I may be naive and just an ignorant peasant, but doesn't that seem like an awful lot of money to be investing in order to, from the report they say, to consolidate and secure pathogens? So they're going to spend all this money to consolidate and secure pathogens in a historically unstable region. What? You know, what? Quite shockingly, the report actually admits that Russia took control of two of these, what they call updated 14, and they haven't let the Ukrainians back in ever since. You know, those damn Russians, they're terrible Russian tyrants, you know, unless, of course, the Russians were just securing the facilities in an effort to prevent a biological attack on their people. But, you know, I'm sure the evil Russian tyrants would never be so kind. And it's probably not likely that Russian intelligence ever ran across George Soros's report on using Ukrainians like cannon fodder in a proxy war to topper, topple their allegedly evil regime. I'm sure they had no intelligence on that. In other words, my friends, there is absolutely no justification, none whatsoever, to think anything other than what we have been told about the evil Russian tyrants and their wholly unprovoked, unjustified, heinous attacks on the poor Ukrainian peasants. Uh, we should never question anything about that. We should just accept it hook, line, and sinker. And any indication to the contrary must be immediately identified as disinformation and discarded from your memory banks at once and banished from all public conversation. We cannot talk about anything other than the evil Russian tyrants who are trying to destroy the world. Friends, it's for the greater good, of course. Because in the U.S., to, for American politicians, the only thing worse than an evil Russian tyrant is an American patriot who thinks for themselves. Friends, resist we must! That is the message of my heart for today. Friends, if you're enjoying this uh, podcast, I have a favor to ask. Please help me get the word out by sharing this post on social media, forwarding an email to a friend. It makes a huge difference. I super appreciate the help in battling back against the big tech censorship. Please don't forget to take the time to find that little heart, click the heart, and give me some love, and thoughtfully consider supporting this publication by joining the Patriot Club for as little as $7 a month. Friends, get out there and embrace this thrilling, thought-provoking Thursday, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.